those imperfections, right, are what makes human beings so, so beautiful. It comes down to, do you value your health more than you value the other things you're doing in your life? I'm, I'm a weird person with like the fact that I've, I've accepted the fact that I'm gonna die one day and that, right? Like if I'm very uncomfortable about the path I'm going down, I know it's the path I should be going down. I was talking to one of my friends earlier about that. He's like, would you get Neuralink? I'm like, 100%. To be human, I think, is the meaning of life, right? And he's an extraordinary human being, I'll tell you that. Our guest today grew up in a small town in upstate New York. He grew up working on farm, fishing and hunting, but right now he lives in Puerto Rico. He's the co-host of the awesome podcast Sweat It Out and also an online fitness trainer focused on training, nutrition and the mindset behind it all. All of this after going up, he became overweight and has basically then fallen in love with the weight room. So right now, he's, uh, he's doing well, he's got a six pack. Uh, jokes aside, we, we discuss about the marketing behind the fast food industry and how people get misled by things such as gluten free. Uh, we also touch upon why it is so important to have a schedule and know what you're doing and when. Josh also gives some uh, wise advice for people that cannot decide whether university is uh, the right route for them or not. Um, he's very rational, so we then uh, dived into rationality and how one can develop rational thinking. Uh, then obviously we, we had to ask him about immortality and uh, he'll tell you why he wouldn't want to be immortal, which uh, I found very interesting. And also uh, at the end of the podcast, we're going to talk about untapped potential. Obviously, we'll be diving into our philosophical questions, uh, which Josh has amazed us, richly amazed us with his answers. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll leave you guys to it. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, Josh. Evans. You are listening to The Grateful Show with your hosts Pascu and Bogdan. Join us on our mission to spread awareness around mental health and make people feel happier and overall more grateful. Each week we bring you an inspiring guest, stories and a message that will help you become your best self and pursue your life mission. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome back to another episode of The Grateful Show. Hope you are doing fantastic and if you are not, you're about to be because today we have no one other than Joshua Evans. How is it going, brother? Oh, well, man, really, uh, really appreciate the opportunity to come on The Grateful Show and, and be, you know, talking with both of you guys. The pleasure is all ours. Uh, Josh, just to break the ice, what are you grateful for today? Oh, man. The opportunity to breathe some air, right? I uh, live on this beautiful island of Puerto Rico, in case uh, you or your listeners don't know. So, you know, being outdoors as much as I am, being able to breathe that fresh air that, that uh, you know, unfortunately, some people, uh, unlike ourselves, maybe don't have the opportunity so much of, of being able to do anymore. So mm -hmm. very grateful of that opportunity. For sure, for sure. It's something that we used to take for granted, but... Uh, myself now uh, i've moved back to london after like a year being somewhere else and once i got back i was like man i didn't really miss this pollution but yeah can't really can't really change it uh all we can do is just uh, i guess uh change the little things that we do on a daily basis and hope that that's going to impact the whole world uh but george for our audience that don't really know much about you hopefully they do though um, can you give us like a brief introduction into who you are and how you came to be where you are now? Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm Josh Evans. You can call me Josh. You can call me uh, Jay Evans. You can call me coach. I'm an online fitness trainer uh, focused on training, nutrition, and the mindset behind it all, helping high performers establish healthy routines and find the essential elements for an active lifestyle. Uh, basically, what I do is help people whittle down uh, their daily actions into ones that are going to actually improve their health and improve their mental clarity so that they can then go out and feel empowered to do the things that they can do best. Awesome stuff. Really impressive. Yeah. I'm just curious, why uh, why have you started this, uh, this career? I mean, when you were little, when you were young when your parents or strangers 
strangers were asking you what you want to be in life, uh, I bet you didn't say like a fitness coach, or did you? What was the reason you chose this path? Uh, well, so I originally started my career as a collegiate strength and conditioning coach. So I used mm -hmm. to train athletes at a division one level, everything from football to uh, sand, volleyball, and swim and dive, pretty much any sport you can think of here in, in the States. I've, I've had the, uh, I've had the pleasure of coaching, but it started, I was, you know, I was chubby, you know, or, you know, as I like to call it, I was a former fat kid, you know, I was 200 and. 30 pounds that comes out to like a little over, mm -hmm. I think it's like two, 204 kilo or 104 kilos. Yeah. Right. Uh, for, for those uh, who are listening, who, you know, use the metric system, AKA the rest of the world other than America, um, over a hundred kilos and at, you know, five foot 10 or like just under two meters, it's not, you know, I'm not very tall. So I got picked on and bullied a lot as a kid, uh, which, for anyone who's been in that position, it's not a very fun one to be in, right? Uh, very self-conscious growing up. And I found a passion in, in the weight room and was lucky enough to have a guidance early in my career and even now, you know, from some really great people in order to, you know, keep my head on straight and keep me focused on, you know, the things that, again, are, are were going to make my life a lot better, right? Which was getting healthier, losing weight, you know, finding some sort of mental resiliency, which was really difficult for me early in my life. Um, you know, I, I used to be one of those people, you know, when I was a kid, I thought that everything that happened to me, you know, was out of my control. Some of it was right, but I still have the, the power to uh, allow people to affect my emotion in some, some way or another. Right. Um, and when I was in the gym, I felt like I was really in control of things, right? And and that's really where that passion came from. And uh, it all kind of stems from from that, from, you know, being a hundred plus kilo fat kid and, and getting picked on a lot. It's very interesting to, to see that basically you got introduced into the gym and I can definitely relate, relate and I'm sure that both of them can relate as well. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, the fact that it's a very individualistic, I guess, sport, uh, you, you don't have to rely on any any colleagues, any teammates to like score for you or to help you out in, uh, in, in the game. So it's all you. Uh, and it's very interesting to see that you actually then transitioned into uh, coaching different types of sports. But you mentioned something that I, I really believe that would give our audience a lot of value and insights, and that was mental resilience. Can you elaborate a bit more on that? Right. <clears throat> Great question. So for me, mental resiliency is, is being able to overcome what most people find extremely difficult to overcome, right? What, what most people find as impossible, I find to be the challenge that I want to take on, right? Like if I'm very uncomfortable about the path I'm going down, I know it's the path I should be going down, right? So for me, right, mental resiliency is being able to one, understand the difference between uh, being comfortable and being uncomfortable, right? And then still deciding to go down that route of being uncomfortable instead of taking the easy road out and uh, just doing what you know uh, isn't going to really help you in any way, but feels uh, a lot better, you know, in the short term. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure, for sure. Yeah, awesome stuff. And talking about taking the the easy path and just staying in your comfort zone, I guess. What would you say that uh, are some of the most uh, like common cases you see in people's lives, in, the pe in people's lives that you help and coach that uh, are staying in their way and uh, not, I guess, help them transcend to another level? Uh, well, I mean, first and foremost, I think it starts with, with people's routines, right? People mm. end up not performing the things they need to do in their daily routines, right? Because they are afraid of what those routines will lead them towards, right? Mm. And you'll kind of see this common theme in pretty much everything, right? People are scared of what's out there, right? The unknown. So they tend to stay safe. And, and do things that they're comfortable with, right? And, and not get out of that norm. 
So I think that that's first and foremost. When it comes to like training wise, right? Most people don't want to work out because like, you know, it's not always fun, right? Like to wake up at 5.30 in the morning and go to the gym at 6.30 and sweat and be sore and, you know, have to lift weights and grunt and, you know, really, you know, push yourself physically to, to its limit. Sometimes, again, not all the time, you don't need to go crazy all the time, but push yourself, you know, when you need to be pushed, it's not an easy thing to do, right? And most people would rather, you know, just continue to gain five, you know, two to five pounds a year, every year, instead of, you know, really trying to face that bear head on and say, okay, like, I'm going to take on this challenge. Hey, and if you are enjoying this uh, conversation with George so far, please guys, please take a screenshot of this timestamp wherever you are listening or watching, it can be YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, just take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories and tag us at The Grateful Show and also tag Josh at Coach Josh Evans. And with that said, back to the conversation. Uh, when it comes to the nutrition, a lot of it comes down to, you know, doing what other people are doing. Right. So like, let's say you two are big on keto. Right. But I really like to eat rice and pasta, which I do. Um, if I try to do keto with what you guys are doing, but what I really like to if I don't like to eat fat and I really like to eat carbs, then I'm setting myself up for failure. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the when it comes to your nutrition, a lot of times it's people lack the knowledge right, to make the, the necessary decisions for themselves. So they rely on other people, which then give them bad results, right, or, or no results, right, and leads them to say, okay, well, you know, I've tried, I've tried everything, right, I'm just going to go back to being safe and comfortable in my own little world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. And I, I, I want to dive a bit uh, further with uh, the whole, I guess, diet discussion. I guess, Probably a big majority of people that at least have access to internet know that they should consume a certain amount of calories and pretty much the foundation, the base, it's, it all comes down to calories. Yet, everybody is gaining more and more weight year after year. If it's that simple, why can they not stick to it or why can they actually not follow on decreasing those calories or eating less? Pretty much is eating less and moving more, right? A hundred percent. And you nail it, right? At the end of the day, it comes, it's what we call calories in calories out, right? So if you're, if you're eating more calories than what you're expending, you're going to gain weight. If they're the same, you're going to say the same. And if the calories that you're eating or intaking are less than the calories that are going out, you're going to lose weight, right? It's really, it's the only way to lose weight. There's a couple different things that go on here. One, people like to eat unhealthy, right? Like unhealthy food tastes really good. You know, not saying that healthy food doesn't taste good. I happen to think like salads and vegetables and fruit and, you know, a good cooked steak, like tastes amazing. But to most people, they're not as saving as like a McDonald's or Burger King burger, right? You get that unhealthy fat, you get the salt, you get, you know, a lot of sugar in a lot of these things, right? Which all tastes very good, but nutrient wise is not very good for you, right? So that's, that's number one. Number two, uh, again, that that area of known, unknown, right? Like if I lose this weight, what type of person am I going to become, right? Mm-hmm. Who are my friends? Are I going to still have the same friends or am I not going to have the same friends? Like, are they going to love me or are they not going to love the new me, right? So that plays a role. And then again, like it comes down to dedication, right? Like you said, the information is out there for everybody, right? There are plenty of quality coaches just like myself uh, out there to help people, right? Obviously at a, at a cost, but uh, it's it, the information is still there. It comes down to do you value your health more than you value the other things you're doing in your life? Mm-hmm. And if you do, well, then, you know, myself and the other coaches and the information, we're there to help you. Right. If you don't value your own health, there's nothing I can do for you. So, uh, yeah, I totally agree with what you have just said. And um, I was just talking with one of my friends a couple of days ago and we were mentioning how. Like. I know myself and most probably a lot of people know as well, a lot of people that in essence, they know what they should be doing and what they should be eating. And to a certain amount, the people, I I mean, know that healthy food can taste good as well, but they are fat and they don't look healthy and they are not healthy and still they choose the unhealthy options. 
do, do you know why is that? Can you help us uh, with that? Again, part part of it. Um, I mean, some some people are more genetically inclined, right, to yeah. be triggered towards these food groups, right? Um, not everybody, right? Uh, I think that too often we tend to put the blame on our genetics or on our hormones right now. That's like a big trigger word with food. It's like, oh, get the right food in you so that you have to, before you can lose weight, you need to realign your hormone thing. That's, for most people, that's untrue, right? Some people, yes. Part of it is, right, like when you eat these satiating foods, right, the, the cheeseburger from McDonald's, the bag of potato chips, right? There's a science that goes into how much salt is in, in those, like what the cheese, how big the straw, like McDonald's straws are bigger than like straws at other places. Why? Because you get more carbonation, which makes you more hungry so that you go up and buy more food or you have to get another drink. Um, so there's like a scientific aspect of it that I don't think a lot of people, and even with like the marketing, right? Like, uh, like uh, it's gluten-free. Well, like, if you're not a celiac, who cares if it's a gluten-free or not, yeah. mm -hmm. right? Or um, non-GMO. It's like, well, if you ever eat a banana nowadays, like you're eating GMO food because that banana would have had seeds in it, you know, a thousand years ago. Or if you eat carrots now, you wouldn't have been able to eat carrots 10,000 years ago and lettuce would have been poisonous to you, right? So all that's GMO, but because people think it's healthy, right? They tend to go, or because it says it's healthy on the box or on the label, they tend to go for it, right? Cereals, all this stuff. So there's a lot of like marketing that goes into it. Um, but at the end of the day, you again, it, it does come down to, do you, do you value being healthy more than you value watching Netflix or sitting on the couch or eating that burger? If the answer is yes to that question, then you don't do those things, right? If the answer is no, then you're probably gonna partake in them more often than not. Right. At the end of the day, it's about what what do you want in your life and what are you acceptable or what do you find acceptable behavior? hundred percent. hundred percent. I was speaking to our one of the past guests yesterday on the show and she's a mindset coach. And we were talking about the difference between wants and needs. A lot of people think that they need to eat at McDonald's, but in fact, they only want to eat at McDonald's. It's not. Mm -hmm their actual self that wants to eat at McDonald's is their chimp, is their, I guess, uh, brain that is only driven by dopamine, by uh, serotonin, by endorphins. It's not, it's not their rational uh, thinking because if you go, let's say in London, whenever the clubs will open, if you go into Central on a, on a Sunday morning at 4 a.m., McDonald's is going to be full. Do you think that every single person in that McDonald's wants to eat there? If you were to ask them like a week later, do you think they would regret it? Probably one, some of them will regret it, but it's like the convenience. I think it's the, it's the convenience probably more than anything when it comes to educated people. And also, as you were mentioning, George, I think it's the whole self-identity and not wanting to change because you are afraid of the unknown. Uh, but I wanna I wanna go further, and I wanted to to ask you mainly for our audience to to get some insights. What would be free tips slash things habits that they could implement straight away to become healthier, to become more energetic, and to really love life? All right, I'll give you give you three three main ones. Right, one, master your schedule. Right. Like if you looked at my calendar in my phone, which is linked to the calendar in my uh, computer, which is linked to the calendar in my iPad, every minute of every day for the most part is planned and organized within my calendar. So I know exactly like I have this, you know, podcast with you guys for an hour. Then right after this, I have another call for 30 minutes and then I'm going to, you know, cook some uh, lunch. And then I'm going to go for a walk with my dog. You know, I know what I'm doing so that I can take the thought process out of it. Right. I don't have to waste time thinking. That's number one. Number two, you know, when it comes to your training, all is not nothing. You know, it's not all or nothing. Right. You can do little bouts of exercise. Like I have clients that only train for 30 minutes a day, three days a week. Right. Because that's all that they can they can make time for given their schedules. Make it work for you. 
right? Doesn't have to, you don't have to train like me. I don't have to train like you. Make it work for your schedule and your lifestyle, right? What you really want. And you have to be honest with that. And when it comes to your nutrition, you know, drink more water and eat food that grows out of the ground, right? Like stop buying things that come in a box. Stop buying things that come in a bag, right? But only walk around that the perimeter of the grocery store. If you're going in between the aisles, you're making a mistake. Super powerful, super powerful. And it's, again, it's the basic things. I think I really appreciate that you mentioned that those are like foundational. Of course, there's like 110 more other things that people should do, but if they're not nailing those free, like having a schedule, like actually understanding what type of workout routine works for them and uh, actually staying hydrated and fueling their body with the right nutrients, uh, they, won't, they won't be able to do any of the other stuff, right? Because uh, it all comes down to the basics. But I also wanted to ask you, I think it's a bit more esoteric, it's more uh, spiritual, uh, however you want to call it, but what is one event that has happened that you are the most grateful for and why? Damn, that's a really good question. What am I most grateful for? Mm. Uh, honestly, having been like, so I really, I don't know if, if you guys know much about the States, but there's one school in Florida that's like a, a really prominent school called Florida State. Uh, and I really wanted to go there, right? Um, my parents decided that I should stay closer to home and I should go to, I don't know if you guys can see this, but I'm wearing like a college t-shirt, Syracuse, uh, which is in New York State. Um, anyone who knows anything about basketball, like collegiate basketball, know like Syracuse is huge. Uh, so I think, you know, having my mother really tell me like, no, you need to go to Syracuse instead of going to Florida State, I think was a huge catalyst for my life, right? I was able to get in front of a bunch of people who had a lot more money than my family had. So I could understand like what was really out there for me if I worked hard, right? I was able to understand networking a lot better, right? I got in front of quality coaches who mentored me early on, right? And set me down a path to ask the right questions to people, right? So that I knew whether they were people I needed to align myself with or people I needed to remove uh, from my life. Um, and if I had gone to Florida State, to be honest, I probably would have like partied a lot and flunked out of school and, you know, have, have done nothing with my life. And I, you know, I wouldn't be here today sitting in front of you guys having this conversation. Um, so I think that that was a tremendous impact in me um, in terms of, you know, who I am as a person. In terms of my professional career, I would say, you know, having worked for uh, the coaches at Florida Atlantic University, they, they were really able, when I was getting my, my master's degree on exercise science and I was training a lot of those athletes, uh, they gave me a lot of uh, autonomy, right? They gave, they gave me a lot of flexibility and a lot of freedom to be myself and to find out who I wanted to be as a coach. Um, while again, right, kind of giving me some structure on how uh, to, to handle myself as a professional. So I would say that those two things were, were pretty, you know, paramount in, uh, in developing who I've become as a person and as a coach. Thank you for sharing with your people. Yeah, thank you for sharing. You know what? One thing came into my mind when you have said uh, that one of the most grateful things you are, you are because you went to this university and you have learned like the basis of everything that you know right now. Let's put it that way. But a lot of people nowadays are saying that university is not essential and you can do, I mean, whatever you want to do without the uni as well. But there's clearly some cases of people that, like yourself, that have learned and that, I mean, build, university build their foundation. What would you, what would you suggest? What would you tell someone who is on the edge to choose whether, whether they want to go to uni or not, uh, what would be the wisest advice that you would like to give them? Great. Another great question. And, you know, just to kind of, uh, you know, set, set this up, I agree with those people who say that you don't need to go to college, right? Mm -hmm. it's, not for, it's not for everybody. Where I come from in, in, in New York State, it's not like New York City, right? It's not white collar, everybody working for a bank or, you know, I have very blue collar, you know, construction workers, mechanics. 
And you set people up for failure, right? When you tell those people who really should be a mechanic or who should be an electrician or a plumber, which are fantastic jobs. My uncle's an electrician. The guy makes as much money as I make, right? With a master's degree. So, and, and no debt. So I think that those people are right. You know, uh, if I was to sit in front of someone and they were saying, listen, I really want to go to college or, you know, I'm, I'm debating whether or not I should go to college, could go to university. Uh, I tell them, or I, I ask them, you know, a couple of questions. One being, what will going to college or what will going to university get you that, that just doing the job itself and getting that life experience won't get you, mm. right? Because if you can't answer that question, then you don't need to go to college, right? You don't need to, or university, you don't need to, you know, take, and in, in America, right, we take up student loans. I don't know. You know, I think in England, right, it's at least it seems sub, subsidized or no. Do they no. subsidize it at all? No. Um, you know, and the, and the universities in America are crazy expensive. You know, some, some of them are, you know, 80 grand a year, which is a, a crazy amount for a school. You know, and I would tell those people, like, you really need to, you really need to decide, like, am I going to go to university just because someone tells me to, or because I feel like I need just like a piece of paper saying I did a great job and like pat you on the back, you know, or is it going to actually provide value into your life, right? Some people do need to go to college, right? If you're an architect, I think it'd probably be a good thing for you to go to college, right? Mm -hmm. If you do what I do, you don't necessarily need to go to college, right? If you want to be a, a strength coach, right, which is what I started my career out in, yes, you do need to go to college, right? Because you do need to have a bachelor's and a master's degree. But to do what I'm doing now, I could have read 50 or 100 books and uh, been able to learn just as much information as I learned in undergrad and in grad school, um, just from, you know, maybe a couple hundred bucks worth of textbooks. I will say, though, that going through my undergraduate and my graduate program allowed me to really mature as an adult, right, as a man. Um, and it put again, it put me in front of a lot of people that I wouldn't have been able to, to be in front of who facilitated that type of growth. Right. And and taught me, you know, what I should do, what how I should act, the things I should say, the things that aren't acceptable to say the boundaries that I need to instill in my own life, right? In order to make sure that people aren't taking too much of me or that I'm not giving too much of myself away and that I'm also able to pour into myself. I think that those types of experiences, those types of lessons are invaluable for me as a person, right? They, they won't be for everybody, but uh, that's really what I think about, right? It's, it's not necessarily what I learned from like the textbooks or being in class, what I learned from all of those people, right? Those learning lessons that I learned from those people are invaluable, right? There, there, there's things that I, I will remember for the rest of my life, right? Not because they were always the greatest decision I made, but because the outcome and, and the experience was worth that decision. And it allowed me to learn like, okay, maybe I shouldn't do that ever again, even though that was fun. Or like, I need to do more of that because that was fun. Um, and because I got something out of it, you know, I think that that's something that, you know, you can't take away from, from the college experience or the university experience. For sure, for sure. I'm 100% with you. Like myself, I've, I've been to, to uni here in the UK and as much as I haven't really learned anything about my actual subject, it allowed me, as you said, to actually be exposed to like different circumstances and different environments that helped me mature. Uh, but I noticed one thing that has come, I think, twice in, in our conversation and that is the fact that you are very irrational. So when we asked you for an advice for people, you gave us a very rational answer, being that they have to, I guess, balance out whether university would give them more uh, in the long run than actually going for a job. How have you actually developed this rationality and how are you actually able to apply it in your day-to-day -day life? Hmm. A lot of trial and error, a lot of trial and error, right? I think. I think that's really the only, I mean, listen, you can, you can get a lot of valuable information from hearing from other people's stories, but it, but nothing, nothing equates to you actually going through it yourself and you figuring out if it's, if it's the right thing for you to be doing again, or if it's, you know, I can go skydiving one time to realize like, I, I definitely, I never need to do that again. Um, 
And I think that those personal experiences are, again, are so valuable for, you know, your decision making. And as you continue to accumulate more experiences, right, you can start to understand the trade-offs of things a little better, right? Like we, we were bringing up going to McDonald's, like, I'm not saying I never go to McDonald's, but I certainly understand the trade-off that comes with going to me. Like, I know for a fact, when I eat that Big Mac, I'm going to feel terrible. I'm going to feel like shit the next day, but I'm going to eat it anyway, because I want to eat that Big Mac. Or maybe I decide, well, you know, it's not worth like, you know, holding my stomach like this for the next 12 hours. So I'm going to just like order something else or just not eat it at all. Right. And the, the sooner you can gain those life experiences and the sooner you can rationally, right. To use the word you're, um, balance out these trade-offs and, and understand what the trade-offs are and, and be able to, you know, honestly look at each one of them and say, okay, which one is for me until you like, until you can actually do that, I would say, continue to collect, uh, you know, as many experiences as possible. Once you kind of feel like, okay, I have a good understanding of, you know, what it's going to take to get me to where I want to go. And, and, you know, maybe some of the things I might want to do in life that are going to take away from that, but are just as valuable. And once you can do that, then I think that you're in a, a pretty good spot, right? But it's all of life is all about trade-offs. Yeah, definitely. It all comes down Completely to agree. Business, right? Mm. Yeah. What about you? What about you guys? Uh, maybe I'll turn it around on you. Like how, uh, how in your lives have, have you guys been able to come to the understanding that, um, you know, to get to where you guys have to go and to, to where you guys want to be like, even with this podcast, for example, that uh, you have to make some sacrifices, um, but that not every sacrifice is the same. I think it all came down to, as you mentioned yourself, making a ton of mistakes and adjusting mm. accordingly, because when we started, like we were, we were in my, uh, I guess, rented, shared a uh, 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 house in London and we were on a carpet. We didn't even have microphones or a chair or a desk, but we were like, we have to, we have to start somewhere because if we're not going to start now, it's going to be another year and then another two years. <laughs> and with myself and other things that I am passionate about, I think, again, it all came down to failing miserably. I used to think that I can get away with sleeping three hours or four hours a night and just hustling every single day if possible. And obviously it was not a case and I identified that sooner than later. And yeah, I think it all comes down to being true to yourself and honest, like, okay, fucked up, actually went out on a Saturday and I was meant to work on a Sunday and I wasn't able to do so. So next time I better be more mature and actually realize that there's going to be that trade-off that you are talking about. Bogdan, do you want to, do you want to add anything? Yeah. I, well, first of all, I completely agree with both of you guys. What I would add, um, it's people to understand that it's okay not to know exactly what you want out of your life. Uh, and I mean, it's okay to change as well. Like Josh, you have said, you have to try a lot of things and then realize that you are not good at something, but maybe you're good at something else. Or maybe you don't like something that you thought you didn't like and then realize that you actually like it. So you just gotta be open to a lot of changes and it's okay to, to understand that you might change and what you may believe that today's for you, tomorrow will not be the case. And you just gotta be flexible and open-minded about that. You know, and it's it's funny that you brought that up because I was in New York City over uh, like the end of May. We have a holiday here in the States called Memorial Day weekend, right? Uh, and I was in New York City and, you know, being from New York State, my, my I was there for work with, with my co-host for my podcast, Sweat It Out. And we were in New York to, to record some content and my mother came down, she was with us. And that was like the first time she really got to like kind of see what I did for work and she turned to me after I finished shooting some content and recording some podcasts. And she's like, this is, this is what you do. And this is how you get paid. And I'm like, yeah, isn't it, isn't it crazy? She's like, did you ever expect him? Like, no way. Did I ever expect like for me to just be talking shit on a microphone or like in front of a camera, like running my mouth on like all this nonsense, which, you know, is, is not really nonsense, but to me, it just seems like unfathomable that, you know, I could get, I could, you know, make a career out of this. And my mother was like, 
I can't believe it. Can you believe it? I'm like, I've been doing this for years and it still blows my mind, you know? Like, but again, if I would have been so stuck in my way of like, no, I can only train people in person one-on-one or only train athletes, I would have never been able to open all these doors that I've been able to do and, and foster the type of career that I have now, you know? So, you know, you guys, both with the points that you guys have made, I, I like I, like I said before, I, I, I agree. And I think, you know, as long as more people who end up listening to this start taking these approaches, I think, you know, the world will be a better place and people will be a lot happier, right? Because they'll be doing things for themselves instead of other people. I was yeah. I was listening to Russell Bratt yesterday uh, in his book. I love him. And he was basically saying that there's only two things that we need as people. There's the actual love and there's the actual recognition. I don't remember the actual quote, but this was basically the conclusion. We need recognition. We need to be heard. We need to feel needed. And also we need that affection. That's all there is to it, but we are just making things way, way more complicated in our, I guess, uh, ever-changing society. But uh, moving moving further, uh, Josh, I, I wanted to, to dive into a bit more, I guess, of a philosophical question. And if there will, and I'm more than certain that there will be uh, coming a time for it, but if there will be the possibility for you to become immortal, would you choose to? If so, why? And if not, why? Probably not. Probably not. I mean, listen, what an opportunity that would be to be able to make that decision, you know, like to be, to be, I mean, like now sitting back, I'd be like, would I do it? Would I? Probably not though, right? Because I, I and, and this is why I feel, I feel like part of the human experience, right? Part of what makes being a human being so special is the finite time we actually have on this earth, right? Like I appreciate so much more knowing that I'm having this conversation with both of you because I don't know if I'll ever get to do it again, right? I could step outside this door and get hit by a truck and then that's it, right? Or I could live to be a hundred. But because that is an unknown, because that is an unknown, you know, I need to take full advantage of every opportunity that I have, whether it be with, you know, people like you on a podcast or coaching my clients or, you know, even hanging out with my friends, my girlfriend, my dogs. Like, I want to soak in all of this because I know at the end of the day or I know one day it's it's not going to be here anymore. Right. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty I'm a I'm I'm a weird person with like the fact that I've I've accepted the fact that I'm going to die one day and that everybody dies. Like I don't get sad at funerals. I don't, you're not going to see me crying. Like I'm the one handing out tissues to people. Um, and because of that, like it, it's allowed me to really appreciate, you know, every moment that I have with people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's, uh, it's, it, there is even a book Seneca or I don't know who wrote it about accepting death or something like that. And I think that once you accept that and make peace, making peace with death, I think it's called, uh, I think you you can actually start living truly because before that you are just numberly just going uh, day after day. But go on, go on, Bogdan. Oh yeah, I mean I completely agree with you. First, uh, first of all, because I mean a lot of people would answer that they would choose to be immortal, but by the end of the day, if you would be immortal, what would be any point of doing anything? Because you would just say, oh, I'm going to do it later because I have indefinite time to actually achieve what I want. But uh, we were mentioning about being open-minded and open to change and off uh, off topic. Why did you move to Puerto Rico? What was the reason? Uh, So... And I kind of mentioned this before, I grew up in a, a very, very small town in, in upstate New York. So like what you think about New York and New York City and Manhattan, the opposite end of that, right? Like farm, I grew up like working on farms and doing construction and, and fishing and hunting and, you know, on ATVs. Like I love being outdoors and uh, having been in Syracuse for, for undergrad and then, you know, that's a decent sized city. And then I moved to South Florida, right? I moved to Miami. I lived on South Beach. You know, for anyone who's listening that knows anything about South Beach, is probably going like, oh, I can't believe that guy lived on South Beach. It's insane there. You know, it's like uh, if anybody's ever seen like any 
any crazy party movie about what they think South Beach is like at, a, at times it by a hundred. It's, it's wild. Um, but there's not a lot, like it's very flat, right? Florida is basically a sandbar. So it was very draining on me to like, go to be like, okay, I want to do something outside. Okay. Go to the beach. Okay. What are we going to do at the beach? Well, we're just going to lay here. Well, that's lame. You know, I want to go for a walk. Okay. Well, where can you walk? I don't know on the street. Like, well, that's not fun for me. Like I want to be in the woods, like hiking, climbing, you know, snorkeling, doing all that stuff. And, uh, here in Puerto Rico, I can do that every day, all day, you know, at any point in time, you know, I live on the West coast of Puerto Rico. So it's like where the better surfing is and the better snorkeling, the better beaches. And there's probably seven beaches within five minutes of my house, you know, so I can do that. I can go 20 minutes uh, back into the mainland of the Island and go hiking up, up the mountains. And uh, one of my best friends from, from undergrad from Syracuse is here and has been trying to get me to come down for like 10 years now. Wow. And finally, finally got me to crack and, and make them make the move. Things are getting crazy in America too. So if I can get away from that and, and kind of calm down a little bit, I'm going to do that. I can appreciate that for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm truly happy for you that you had a both and also had the privilege to actually do it because a lot of people uh, would like to travel the world and live on a, on an island or like near the woods, like you have said. And uh, yeah, I'm really happy that uh, you have managed to actually do it. But um, I mean, we know what you do for a living, how you help people, but uh, we didn't actually touch on what would you like to achieve looking forward in life? What's your biggest goal? Can you tell us that? I would definitely say that I would, I would my biggest goal professionally is to leave the world a healthier place than it was when I got here, right? And by that, I, I don't necessarily mean like everybody has to be shredded with a six pack, right? I just want, <laughs> it would be nice, right? Maybe not for me because I, you know, sometimes I have a six pack, so I feel good when I walk around and I'm like, oh yes, I'm better than, every no, I'm kidding. But um, <laughs> I, re I really think it comes down to like, I, I want people to be happy with the direction that they're heading in right? Whatever that is, right? If you want to be 300 pounds, okay, great. I want you to be happy on the way to 300. If you want to, you know, be the strongest person in your town, I want you to be happy getting there as well, right? Whatever it may be, like professionally, I want you to be happy doing it, right? So that you can, you know, go out there in the real world and, and be able to do the things you want to do. Uh, personally, right? I want to leave my kids off better than I was, right? I think, I think, too often we tell ourselves like, oh, I need to make eight figures, right? Or I need to, you know, be a millionaire because that's how I'm going to set my kids up. It's like, all you need to do is make your kid's life better than it was for you, right? I think my mother did that for me, right? As a single parent, my grandmother did that for her as a single parent, right? If they can do it, right? If my grandmother can make my mom's life a little better, my mom can make my life a little better Then I sure as hell can do it for my kid. You know, whether that means, you know, giving them money or instilling, you know, good values in them, that's to be seen. But, you know, personally, I would I would absolutely love just to, you know, make their life a little bit easier and a little more enjoyable than, you know, some of the struggles that I've had to go through. Sure, for sure. And I mean, looking back now, if you only look back 50 years ago, this wouldn't be possible. And probably mm. most of the things that you are doing on a daily basis wouldn't be possible. I wouldn't have none of it. Problem. Uh, 50 years ago probably have to do something completely different and I think that's the beauty of it and that's the beauty in actually being able to as you said providing for for your kids and I'm more than certain that they will be looking back at these times and be like wow I, I don't know how you guys manage without that chip implanted in your brain or whatever it is going to be uh, I know I'm, I'm waiting for Elon Musk. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I was talking to one of my friends earlier about that. He's like, would you get Neuralink? I'm like, 100%. 100%. Sign me up. Fair enough. I wanted to, I wanted to ask you because um, we haven't got a lot of time left, but I wanted to ask you, long after you are gone, what do you want to be remembered for, for as? An asshole. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um I, I want to be remembered as someone who was there for the people that needed the help at the time that they needed the help at, right? I don't want to be the guy that 
kept his mouth shut or bit his tongue when I could have said something that helped somebody, right? I don't want to be afraid to challenge the norm, right? Or make people feel uncomfortable so that they can get better, right? Because I would want somebody to do that for me. Very powerful. Very powerful. Yeah. Thanks for sharing um, that with us. Uh, yeah, Josh, uh, before we address you the last uh, question of the show, um, I'm really curious what's your take on this, and I know it's very subjective, but what would you say that is the meaning of life? Ooh, you guys are bringing the heaters today. Um, the meaning of life, to be human. Right. To be human, I think, is the meaning of life. Right. To to understand that you're going to make mistakes, to understand that you're going to have, you know, rough times. You're going to be sad. You're going to be happy on the flip side. You're going to do great things. And then all part of all of that. Right. Makes you who you are. Right. Don't avoid, you know, talking about the bad things that happened in your life or that you do in your life because nobody really cares right? It's just how they shaped you, right? As well as the good things. You know, too often we overpraise other people and we underpraise ourselves, right? We, we love talking about the bad things we do, but never the good things. And we love talking about the good things other people do, but never the bad things, right? Finding a little more balance, I think is going to be, uh, you know, is, is really the, the meaning of life and, and understanding that, you know, who you are is just a determinant of, of what you've been through, right? Not necessarily who you're going to be in the future mm -hmm. because one is i guess the person is characterized by the things that he does therefore excellence is nothing but a habit uh cole said uh very powerful very powerful and uh, i think uh, i think uh we can circle it back to the fact that again there has to be an yin and a yang there has to be a life and a death and there has to be I guess lower points in life and higher points in life for one to to go through in order to first appreciate the good uh, good times, but also to be able to uh, forge oneself, to refine his knowledge, refine his perspective, his approach, and actually be able to improve. Um, with that said, I'm going to to address you the last question of the show. Just take your time with it. Basically, you are on your deathbed. You are just minutes before your death. There's no pain involved. You already said goodbye to your loved ones. You just know that you have to go on to the other side. But before you do so, you get to witness the best version of yourself sitting next to you. You look that person in the eye and you see what you could have become. How would you feel about yourself and about the life that you've lived in that particular moment? I'm going to one, I'm stealing this question for sure. I'm going to ask everybody this. This is a really good one. I really like this one. Mm, awkward pause for everyone listening on audio on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> I would say, you know, I would be very happy with the man that I had become, you know, while also still understanding and still being a little frustrated, right, with that untapped potential that I think, right. Uh, kind of circling back to, to the previous question, like what is the meaning of life? I think that untapped potential, right? That untapped potential is the meaning of life, like striving for more and understanding you could always do better, right? So I would be, you know, I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, no regrets, right? I think regrets are super important. Uh, but I would like to think like if I was, you know, able to, to look at who I could have been, I would still be appreciative of what I was able to accomplish, who I was able to help, right? And understand that I could have always been a better person at the end of the day. So, you know, while I'm alive, I'm going to try to strive for that. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. And also, uh, I would like to add that even though we think that, I mean, I completely agree with you about regrets, that people have regrets. But I would say that no matter what you do, you could have always like done something better. I mean, no matter how the perfect that interview was or no matter how the speech that you just gave was, you, you always think that, okay, maybe I should have said this and that. And that's okay because, I mean, like you have said at the beginning of the podcast, we are the things that we do. And that those things, even though they we consider that they're bad or good, will shape us and uh, our lives as well. 
Right. Well, and I think, I think too, just to kind of, you know, we'll leave, we can leave it on this note is those imperfections, right. Are what makes human beings so, so beautiful as a creature, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you look at somebody and you're like, oh, they have it all, you know, they, they have money, they're good looking, they have, you know, a, a beautiful spouse who loves them. Every, like if everything came easy to you, like I don't want to be around you because you haven't learned anything, yeah. right? Like I want to be with the person that's had to like crawl through the mud their whole life because that person, you know, that person can really teach me some things. 100%. And Josh, I want to thank you uh, exceptionally much for, for, uh, being on a podcast, for sharing everything with us and our audience. And I hope that they will apply at least 1% of the things that you have shared. But before I let you go, uh, I would like you, I would like to give you the red carpets to step on and just, uh, share with our audience where they can find you, how can they actually, uh, apply to work with you and any resource that you want to share now is the time. Awesome. Uh, and thank and you for that platform. The podcast. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, all good. Uh, if you want to follow me, you can find me on any platform on social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, at Coach Josh Evans. My last name's E-V-A-N-S. I'm sure you guys will put it in the show notes. Uh, if you want to work with me, just go to my Instagram. My link tree uh, is there in my bio, and there's a section for you to apply to work with me. Uh, I do, I have training programs, nutritional programs, and lifestyle modification programs all focused uh, around you, the individual. I would love to work uh, or at least have a conversation with each and every one of your listeners uh, if they want to see how they can you know, learn more about my programs and, and eventually work with me. My podcast is called Sweat It Out with my co-host, Anthony Mendez. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at sweatitout.podcast. Okay, sweatitout.podcast. On YouTube, just sweat it out. Uh, and we talk about, you know, to fitness professionals, entrepreneurs, about everything that makes them such high performers and succeed in their life. So, you know, you guys can find the podcast anywhere podcasts are listened to and YouTube. And uh, we'd really appreciate any of you guys wanting to uh, hit that subscribe button. Awesome. Thank you very much. And with that said, this was Pascu. This was Bogdan. And you guys stay grateful. Thank you. Thank you so much for sticking all the way till the end. This shows that you are serious about taking your life to the next level and doing that through a perspective of gratitude. If you enjoyed this interview, it would help us massively if you could give us a 5 star rating review on iTunes or else share this on your stories and tag us. This way, with your help, our message will be seen by more people and together we will make this world a better place.